Off Our Rockers is supported by Subars. Subars are a unique baked good that combines the crunch of biscotti with the sweetness of a cookie. They make gift giving easy and carefree. Subars has over 20 varieties and ships nationwide. Subars, making this crazy world a little bit sweeter, bite by bite. Order your first box today at SubarSweets.com. Tell me something. Both, I was so unmotivated to write it and just the idea of motivation. I don't know. It sounds like I would need to be wearing a high powered pantsuit to write about motivation or something like that. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy 2022. We're so happy to be back with all of you. For those of you who did not join us on season one, we're now in season two. So we're going to just do a quick bio for each of us so you can recognize our voices and know which voice belongs to which Rockman sister. I'm Jerry. I'm the middle sister. I live in Los Angeles with my husband. I have three adult children. I'll tell you about that later, about they, they came home for the holidays. And I work with special needs adults and their families. Take it away, Sue. Hey, everyone. This is Sue. I live in San Francisco with my wife and son, who's a junior in high school. And we are so happy to be back for season two. Dana, hit it. Happy season two. Happy 2022. I am Dana. I'm the little sister in San Diego. I have three boys in high school and live with my husband in San Diego. And I'm so happy we're here again for season two. This is great. (laughs) And, and I have to say, we have so many great guests coming up this season. I'm so excited to meet our incredible guests and hear about their interesting lives. So we have a lot in store for everybody. Before we get onto our guests, let's just start talking about the new year. How's the new year treating you guys? Well, Sue, you have to tell us about your new year's plunge into the cold, dark ocean. <laughs> well, it wasn't dark. It was actually a gorgeous day in San Francisco. It was sunny, which made it easier. But I did for the first time join the group of people who meet at Ocean Beach in San Francisco at 11 o'clock on the January 1 to run into the water. And uh, everybody cheers for everybody who goes in. And it it was super, super fun. Thank it was, was cool. There were a bunch of other um, women who were there. We all went together and we were like, let's dive under this wave. And it was really the best, best way to start the new year. And you had a good winter break? Well, we did have a good, I mean, we got to visit you, Jerry, but we also, like everybody else, it was all COVID all the time. How many tests can we do? How many tests can we sign up for? And it doesn't feel like, in that way, it doesn't really feel like a new year. Well, it was such a treat to have Sue and Robin and Maddox visit us. But then, of course, that's... T- <laughs> well, I'll just tell you quickly. So um, we had our winter break and my uh, kids from the East Coast came in and everybody was having a wonderful time. And then my husband came down with COVID. And then I had to tell Sue and Robin and Maddox that we had COVID and they had to get tested. But uh, my husband was sick the first week and I test. everyone tested positive, but then I tested negative. And I was feeling so smug that I must have some super immune system. They were weaker individuals. And then lo and behold, I tested positive and fell sick. So it was a very tough wake break, but it was so nice to have the kids home. We met Molly's boyfriend who was Jeff's kid. Such a delight. Loved him, Will. Um, he cooked us the best dinner. He is like having Jake Cohen in my house, but straight. Um, he's <laughs> so lovely. He and Molly are so cute together. And then Zeke came into town with his gorgeous, happy, lovely boyfriend, uh, Gabe. And then Sam was in town for a little bit. So it was a good break. And now back to the back to real life. But yeah. Dana, you had your boys home. That must have been nice. 
It was so nice. It was a full house again. And it was it went by way too quick. They were only home for a week. They were happy to be here, but they're also happy to do their own thing. So we had two days that I forced on them. These are family days and you will be here for these two days. And then the other part of the week, they did their own thing. So it it was lovely. But then they left. I mean, it was like I blinked and they're gone again. And so now we were back to just texting and FaceTiming and trying to figure out when we're going to take our next trip up there, but not for a while. It's too much snow right now. We're going to wait till everything calms down. Yeah, Are they I, having fun living in the snow? It's such a change for them. And to wake up and to go outside, they, they like snowed, I guess, the walkway I don't, or shoveled the walkway. I don't even know what you shovel, but they shoveled something outside in the driveway and they can't get their car out because their car snowed in, which is a totally new experience for them. But they're learning and they're dealing with it and they're having fun. So it's good. So good. So good. Did you guys cook a lot during the break? Anything fun? Interesting? I made a lot of cookies for the holidays and our, oh, Robin and I made hot pepper jelly, which turned out really great. We were, we usually get it from Trader Joe's and they've been out of it. And so I said, we can make this. And so we did. It's so easy to make. We'll post that recipe on our website. I was just listening to another one of my favorite podcasts. It's called Lunch Therapy. And uh, the host had a guest on, uh, an artist who was awesome. They were talking about food. And the artist said he made this dish called jalapeno apple pie. It's kind of, he he said he makes like the pie crust. And then he spreads like a hot pepper jelly on the bottom of the crust. And then he adds the apples. And he said it adds like a little bright spot, which that sounded kind of interesting. I'm going to have to try that now that I have my hot pepper jelly. And then the other thing we all fell in love with this, this break is Wordle. I love Wordle. You taught me something new. It's so much fun. Mornings was hard. Did you do this mornings? I didn't do this mornings, but Ben sent me his and he had his worst ever six tries. So for our listeners, we highly recommend Wordle. Dana will give you the link on the website. (laughs) It's this guy, I can't think of his first name, but his last name is Wardle, but he named his (laughs) invention Wordle. And he's an engineer who made this word game for his wife or his girlfriend. I can't remember, but it's, you can only play it once a day. It's a word game. You have to get it. You have to guess the word in six tries. All of us and our kids and wives and husbands are obsessed. So we highly recommend it. Makes it a treat. You know, it's like a little dessert that you get. (laughs) Speaking of once a day, I have started a running streak. I read an article about streaking, which is not the old kind of streaking, but where you do something. (laughs) You don't do it naked, Dina. (laughs) You just do it it every day. And so this uh, this article was about this man who started jogging. (laughs) Neighbors, what's the thing I... Truly have lost it at this point. (laughs) Yes. My resolution is to streak for 10 minutes a day. Go out and I do what looks like running or what I try to think of as running, which is basically moving my body in a running like fashion. I think I actually walk faster than I run at this point, but I figured you can do anything for 10 minutes. Today will be day eight of my streak there for 10 minutes. Warm up and cool down. Don't you have to add on time for that? Or is it just all in 10 minutes? Well, I don't really do a lot of 
warm up. I do a little cool down stretching. So that's true. So I do okay. do that. But um, so yeah, so it takes 15 minutes, I guess. But that's awesome, Sue. I'm but so just happy. moving for 10 minutes is kind of good. And then Maddox has been doing it with me. So we've been going early in the morning, like at 640 when it's still dark out. And so there's something kind of fun about doing this thing in the dark. And we started our day and we've already done this. And you live on those hills. That 10 minutes of those hills are like 30 minutes anywhere else. <laughs> so- <laughs> well, I kind of alternate. I do I do uphill, flat, downhill. None of it's pretty, but it is happening. <laughs> And then Dana has been needle pointing and Robin has been needle pointing. I'm so proud of both of them. You inspired us, Jerry. It's fun. It's way longer than it takes you. It takes a long time, but it's fun to have something at the end. I have these little Kleenex box covers that my family laughs at. Lee says it looks just like something his grandma would make. That's what my friend Marianne said. My friend Marianne said, my grandmother used to make those. Dana, what inspired you to make a Kleenex box cover? I think I made one a year ago, I think last Christmas, I think. And I was looking at it. I bought the kit probably at the same time I bought two kits. I'm like, you know what? I should get that out of the closet and make it again. And I made it. It was fun. Good for you. Good Good for you. Jerry, how's your needlepoint coming along? What are you working on? I'll show you what I made. Hang on one second. I made this for Will. For our listeners, it's uh, a square needlepoint. And it says, it's Ina Garten's famous saying, store-bought is fine. Oh, I love that. I love that too. <laughs> um, I'm going to frame it and put it uh, in black. And Molly said he'll put it in his kitchen. I, I got it. This is Will, is Molly's boyfriend. I got him a wireless meat thermometer for uh, Hanukkah and he loved it. That's a great gift. Is great it the gift. kind you hook up to your phone? Yes. You, you, you monitor That's on your phone. And then I also got him one of those. He also liked their plastic stands that you could put your iPad or your cookbook at an angle on in, on your counter when you're cooking holder. He liked that. And then he was so sweet when he, 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 had, he flew back early and then he sent us as a thank you gift these New York bagels, cream cheese, and lox. That is such a nice gift. That was a great Tell gift. Tell us about the dinner that he made for you. What was that he, like? He's an amazing chef. He made us, um, he was so funny. He made us this pasta dish that had um, a kind of like alabaca, like creamy. And then he made, and he called them independent meatballs because they don't go in the pasta. They are separate, but they were light and fluffy. They were so good. Then he had salad and we had something else. Oh, some kind of garlic bread. But he had, you know, he's one of those people who timed it all. So it worked out to, at the same time really, really competent. And he won my heart over. He left the kitchen sparkling clean. I love him. Oh my. Oh boy. Oh boy. Well, I'm so happy that we're back to potting together. Um, I missed our Sunday mornings together. Let's do it. Let's get started. Guest number one, Cameron Walker. Here we go. All right. Happy new year, everybody. Happy new year. So, off our rocker fans, welcome to 2022, our first episode of season two. And we are so excited to have Cameron Walker with us today. I met Cameron. Uh, gosh, more than a decade ago, I think. We're both writers. And I had the joy of getting to edit some of the writing she did for Cancer Today. And then that went on for a few years. We got to meet in person in Carpinteria in a cafe where we both wondered who was the other person (laughs) as we were walking in the door. And then flash forward, I opened my New York Times one morning and I'm reading this really excellent article on how to get your mojo back in the midst of a pandemic. And I'm like, who, is the, who wrote this? This is so good. And it was Cameron. And I was like, oh, 
Cameron, look at that byline in the New York Times. So welcome to our show. It's so good to have you. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. It's so nice to have a New York Times writer here. This is so exciting. I think it sounds fancy, but it's still just me. (laughs) (laughs) What was it like the first time you saw your byline in that in the New York Times? Well, so the first story I did for them was actually in March. Uh, It was for that at home section that's now no longer. And it was on my birthday. So that was really special. And my mom was very, very happy. That was probably the best part. (laughs) Did your mom cut it out and put it on the refrigerator? I don't know. You know, we haven't, I haven't been in her house in I think two years. So I don't know if it's on the refrigerator. Uh, So now we're, you know, here we are starting January, 2022 after I think we all have collective PTSD from this pandemic and the multiple surges we've experienced. And so the topic of your, the article that you wrote seems so perfect in terms of getting it going in the new year. So how did it come about that you started to write this story and did it change you while you were writing it? It actually started kind of with a failure, which is a little bit about what the story is about, but I had pitched a story to my editor about creativity and you know how people can be more creative during the pandemic. And, and he had asked me to do this. And then I went away for a week and you know, I hadn't checked my email. It was so wonderful. We had this week up in the mountains. And then we're coming back, driving through Fresno. And of course, that's when I decided to check my email again. He says, actually, no, we don't want a story about creativity. We want a story about motivation. What do you think about looking into motivation? And the first thing I thought was, oh, that sounds terrible. (laughs) Both I was so unmotivated to write it and just the idea of motivation. I don't know. It sounds like I would need to be wearing a high-powered pantsuit to write about motivation or something like that. So anyway, I really didn't want to do it at first. And I told him that, and I was almost trying to get out of the story. And he said, perfect, go with that, go with not being motivated to write the story and, and see where that takes you. And so that's how the story started. How did, how did you frame the story to the people that you were interviewing? I think I said, that both we were interested in learning more about the science of motivation and also tips for people who were maybe not feeling so motivated. And also, was it, you know, was it normal to feel not motivated right now? And had they been feeling like that? So that was interesting too, to hear some of these experts talk about also being unmotivated, which was great. Cause I, you know, I feel sometimes like there are these people who always seem motivated and it turns out that it's really normal for everyone to feel unmotivated at times, which which makes me feel better. <laughs> I want to see the, the follow-on article of how to motivate teenage boys because I would love that. <laughs> I think you would have to write that one because you know more about it than I do. <laughs> I don't know enough. I need to learn. <laughs> I think especially like here we are, you know, the new year and everybody's like, you're supposed to, everybody talks about making resolutions and making change, but it's not that easy to do that. I mean, you can say you want to do it, but then typically, you know, we hear, we will get those stories about how many people joined a gym and then by February, they're not going anymore. What did you learn in your reporting in terms of what helps people get going, start something new and, and then stick with it? I think a lot of it is taking really small steps, like just, I mean, the tiniest little steps towards whatever it is they want. Actually, I was reading another book about this last night called Atomic Habits. And and you want to go running. Step one is just go and put your running shoes on. If you want to, you know, start practicing music, just tell yourself two minutes, I'm just going to practice for two minutes. But some of the things that people I talked to for the story said were linking 
if there's something you don't want to do, link something you like with that task. And the woman I talked to, Laura Park, talked about how she has trouble running at night. And it, you know, her schedule now means that she has to run on the treadmill at night. And so she finds a really great show on Netflix that she loves and says, I can only watch that while I'm running on the treadmill. And so I think in the story, I said, I, I do have this special mug that I can only use if I'm writing something I don't want to write. And I can make, you know, a really fancy drink. I can make a hot chocolate. I can get whipped cream, but I can only use that mug when I'm writing. And it does, like, as soon as I touch that mug and I have it in my hands, I'm like, okay, it's time to sit down and write. There is, I mean, there is something about those little rituals that really helps me anyway. I think that is so true. Like I have, there's one coffee mug that I always use for work. And like, I typically only drink half of the cup of coffee, but I have to fill the mug up all the way. Like I I cannot start with half a cup of coffee. I have to start with a full cup, knowing that it will sit around, but there's something about that ritual, right? Of like making it coming and sitting at my desk. And it's like, now I'm going to be a writer. I'm seizing that identity and doing it. It reminds me of Jerry's advice. Like when I don't want to go walking and I'm trying to walk around the neighborhood, but have a good podcast lined up. So I have something to listen to while I'm doing my miserable activity of exercising, which I can't stand doing. I need something to do while I'm exercising to make it happy. Yeah. And I've actually used this podcast like that. I have, you know, since, <laughs> since now I don't go to the gym it. anymore. It's true. <laughs> since I don't go to the gym, I, you know, I have weights and things like that. But one day I was like, oh, I really don't want to do this. And I was like, you know what, today I'm going to listen to Off Our Rockers and it's going to be awesome. And it was. <laughs> so people are listening to us while they do miserable things. I love it. <laughs> so did you start doing something new while you were writing the article? Yeah, I started training for a trail run that actually was two weekends ago. And it was wonderful. And I hadn't done an official race trail run since before my youngest was born. So it was really great. Wow, good for you. Yeah, and it was in Carpinteria. Wait, this is big then. So tell what motivated you then just to think about the camp to, or think about the run and just get started on this because to have that many years pass and not do anything is, is pretty amazing. Yeah, so I had a friend here who was training for another race and it's called Pier to Peak and you run from the pier in Santa Barbara all the way up into the mountains and it's a half marathon. And I had done it years ago and she said, do you want to do it? And I thought, "Mm, no, it sounds really hard. I don't want to do it. Uh, But then I was thinking, you know, I want to do something. And so I started looking around for races and this trip race, it just sounded really great. It was in carp. I love carp. I also thought it was called Island View. So I thought it was, you know, this nice kind of run along bluffs looking at the islands, but it actually goes straight up into the mountains. <laughs> but I didn't realize that until I signed up, which was probably good. And it turned out fine. So how long did it take you to run the race? So it was uh, the 10 mile run and it was two hours and 15 minutes. So wow. I am not the fastest runner. Uh, I actually have a shirt that says slow trail runner, fast forest bather. And I was like, this is my, sh- <laughs> this is my shirt. <laughs> That it, that's impressive, though. I mean, to finish that in that time, I'm 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 in awe. Oh, <laughs> Good thank for you. you. I ran a race 
I had decided kind of similar, like around the time I was having a significant birthday, the big 5-0, that I should run a race because I hadn't run forever. I used to run in college and I had done one half marathon, but then I had hurt my knee and just, you know, whatever, stopped doing things and moved on to other things. So I started training the day of the race, Robin and Maddox came out of their rooms and they had, they had made these t-shirts that said, run, Sue, run. (laughs) I love that. So we go to where the races and all these races always take place like a Chrissy field in San Francisco. So we go down a Chrissy field and I guess I hadn't been paying super amount of attention to all the information they sent and I could not find the start of the race. (laughs) (laughs) And I just kind of freak out. I'm like, Robin, just drop me off. It's got to be starting around here somewhere. You know? She drops me off and I'm like walking through all these areas where like, I think the race would start and I can't find anybody. Like I could see markers, but there was no people. And the whole thing was so nuts. Doing this race, it was like a 5k, which is like what, three miles, right? And I probably walked for three miles trying to find the start of the race. I'm just wandering through Chrissy Field and I'm about to like start crying. And who do I come across? But my next door neighbor. <laughs> like, it was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm looking for my race. <laughs> I lost my mind before, but so she said, I was like, call Robin. Call Robin. <laughs> she calls Robin. I was like, still walking around looking for her race. I think you need to come get her. Did Robin rescue you? (laughs) She comes back and gets me. And then our neighbor, Bob, had rode his bike over to come see his race. And he's like, where are you guys? I'm at the start of the race. And we're like, where are you? And we had gone to the wrong side. And then as we get there, like two seconds before the race is supposed to start, you know? And so I'm like, (laughs) run, Sue, run! And in my mind's eye, like I'm like looking really good, you know, and like I made it through the three miles after every all the everything that happened. And, you know, that people cheering you on. It was this race to um, like raise international women's fundraising thing, you know, so I felt really good about the cause. And there were people. Oh, I forgot. People had sponsored me. So I come to I finally, you know, they have like balloons at the end, you know, that you run through to make it feel really good. And so Robin videotaped me and, you know. I'm running and I felt like I must be like Bo Derek in that movie 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looking so good for video later. <laughs> this time, I'm barely able to get one of I like how you're so Only you, Sue. <laughs> I guess the moral is, as you said, Cameron, just put your shoes on and go. <laughs> You'll find your way somewhere. Although this does circle back to the motivation because I think you would you could have given up if you weren't sponsored. You know, you had to find the front. And like Cameron, your motivation, you had your friend that was doing the race. So I think it's all in the buddy system. You have to have someone else that you don't want to be too embarrassed in front of that you have to force yourself to do this activity. Because that's what happened with my swimming. Like I would not be swimming if I hadn't met these women who swim mm-hmm. on Sunday morning. Cameron, did you say you started swimming too? I did. I read this wonderful book. I don't know if you read it too. It's called Why We Swim. There's science and there's adventure and there's, you know, her personal story. And it's, but it really got me started swimming this winter. 
But then once the pools stopped doing the reservation system, that that actually made me lose motivation because it was like hard to figure out what time to go. And but then I met a friend, just like you were saying, who wants to open water swim. And so we've been going like once a week, and it's so amazing. And my oldest son's middle school, every Friday morning, they meet at the beach and they all do an ocean swim. And it that so that has been amazing. I mean, talk about having other people motivate you. It's this group of middle school kids and they're all so into it. They read a poem. There's a moment of silence and thinking about gratitude. And then everybody runs into the ocean and it's amazing. That is so cool. And so do all the kids, were the kids nervous about doing it? I mean, it's cold. Water's cold. I think the first time they were, but now, now they're into it. Also they're donuts after. So you know, that, <laughs> that helps motivate anybody. <laughs> so do you join them on Fridays? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. It's parents and kids. Once they're yeah. a teenager, that's when they're embarrassed when you're there. So yeah. before teenagers, you're doing great. <laughs> yes. Well, when we all line up, we definitely stand far apart, but then as we go out and swim to the buoy, we kind of come together. So do you know what about you? Is there something you love to do or? Started dur- during COVID, I joined the, the gym. And so I'm not a gym person. So it was really hard to get going, but the gym I go to is all kind of women our age. So I feel good. And what I love is that it's outdoors. And so there's no mirrors. So when like I'm taking a Zumba class in my mind, I'm doing the exact same thing the Zumba's teacher is doing, but I know if there was a mirror, I'm not doing anything near what the Zumba teacher is doing, <laughs> but I'm trying and I'm moving. So it's better than sitting home and I'm, I'm making baby steps. I'm getting there. Did the pandemic affect your motivation as a writer and kind of early, right around the time the pandemic started, I was doing a mentorship with this woman who's a visual, I don't know, visual artist is the right word, conceptual artist and, and was saying, you know, how do I get any work done? And I really was, cause it was the year my son, my youngest son was going into kindergarten. So I, before I was like, this is going to be my year. I'm going to like have all this time. And then the pandemic. So she said, just the same thing with the baby steps, just like every day, even just write down what you're doing with them in the pandemic. And, you know, it can be two sentences, but that's being creative and that's going to inspire other things. And I think that just having that regular, very short thing that I wrote every night really got me motivated when then I had a little bit longer time I could. So that was really helpful. Sorry, Dana, go ahead though. No, 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 that makes sense. I'm just thinking when you started, you, you mentioned something like your first idea was to talk about creativity. And I think that's part of what you're talking about now. I mean, will you go back and write another article now on how to be more creative? Oh, I'd love to. I mean, I have to see what my editors think about it this time. But uh, but no, I'd love to. I, I think there's so many different ways to be creative too. And I think that seems like one of the good things about the pandemic is the people who've been able to do that have kind of found new ways to be creative. And Right. I think there's more creativity now. And I think, I mean, even people that were like, I don't know, making masks during the beginning, you know, something they brought their sewing machine out that they haven't used in years and now they're doing something new. Or Sue, you like going crazy with baking bread. Like you've always baked bread, but trying, you know, new things. I think it was just a good time to try because you had so much time. (laughs) So what are you working on now? I'm working on one story about Joshua Trees for an alumni magazine. Mm-hmm. And I'm working on a kid's book. Um, really? But it's not coming out for a while. It's an illustrated book about national monuments. Look at you. Yeah. 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 Book author. That's well, great. not yet. 
We'll see. <laughs> Tell me more. I mean, I've never talked to an author writing a child's book. So how long does it take? And when do you think the book will be published? So we did have to come out in 2023. So it's a long time. And it's actually, it's been a process over this year of writing it. But I think that just happens to be with this book and the schedule of the illustrator and the editor. And does someone come to you with the idea and then they ask you to write it or is your idea and you go to your editor and say, you want to write this? This one was, I, someone came to me through a friend who had done a similar book for this publisher. Yeah. So that, I mean, that was really wonderful. This friend recommended me to them. So I felt, felt very lucky about that. So we have to look for that in 2023. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll add that to our Off Our Rockers website. It's a little addition in 2023. Oh, right. <laughs> I'll have you back for the book tour. So you come oh, back. Perfect. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and so Joshua Tree, have you been going to Joshua Tree to write about the Joshua Tree? Oh, I wish. No, I haven't. I have been there in the past, but this was, it's been phone interviews with the researchers. They are doing research on the Joshua trees because they're being threatened by climate change and habitat loss and fire. And so trying to find the most, kind of the most resilient of the Joshua trees and making sure at least those ones are protected, if not more than those ones. It was so great to have you here. Thank Thank you. It's so fun to be here. I love it. I feel so much more motivated now. I'm going to go take <laughs> baby steps. Yeah, well, I baby steps. well, I like what you said, Cameron. No step is too small. So I just have to remember that. No step is too small. Hey, everyone. Thanks for starting off your new year with us. And we hope we've inspired you to get your mojo back. Thanks to Cameron Walker. And we hope that you will tune in next week when, in honor of Martin Luther King, we speak with Andrea Rothschild and we talk about all the great ways you can get involved to make change in your community. See you then. Tell me something I haven't heard before. Don't say nothing. Send you